Hello and welcome to Beer Prime, a fortnightly craft beer podcast. I'm your host Paul and I speak with people from around the beer industry. In this episode, the first of 2021, I'm catching up with three breweries who were my guests back in July and August 2020 to see what's been going on with them. Also in this episode is more from the chat I had with three top beer writers for the Christmas episode. This time I asked them for their predictions about what we should expect from beer in 2021. There's still no beer news or top 10 in this episode, but those features will be back in the next episode. Okay, so let's get started on the catch-ups. Back at the end of July last year, I welcomed Matt Lincoln from Berkshire Brewery Siren Craft Brew to the show. Siren are responsible for giving us many great beers, such as their core range beers, Soundwave, Broken Dream, Yulu and Lumina, as well as many great specials, such as the Caribbean Chocolate Cake Series, Maiden and Odyssey. So here's my chat with Matt earlier this week. Hello, Matt. How are you doing? Hey, Paul. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good, thanks. Uh, we made it to 2021. We did. We <laughs> did. Yeah, I, I fear we've still got a little way to go, but... At yeah. least, at least there is light at the end of the tunnel now. So yeah, for sure, for sure. The vaccine, because obviously we we last spoke back in July. Um, yeah, so right in the the heart of things at that point. In the midst, yeah, I I can't even re- remember exactly what the situation in July was. If I'm being honest, it's been so up and down since. Yeah, it's <laughs> been a bit of a roller coaster, hasn't it? Really, I guess we were sort of a, a few months into into lockdown. Um, Maybe think things were starting to ease up a bit. Yes, but I think as that's roughly where we were. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, we spoke about um, some, you know, your great beers, and of course, we had that promise of Caribbean chocolate cake arriving at some point later in the year, and obviously now we've had those. So yeah, that's excellent. Um, I got my pack. I didn't. I've I've had one of them so far. I had. Well, what I did is I got a pack, the, like the four pack, and then I got an extra one of the nitro. Right. So I've had I've had my extra nitro one, but I haven't had the the four main ones yet. I'm savoring, I'm kind of <laughs> biding my time and savoring them. But I've now also got the um, the fairground trio to add uh, to add to them. Yeah, cool. So some absolute cracking looking stouts to 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 devour at some point in the in the coming months. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, yeah, that was a bit of a whirlwind, of course. The, the much, uh, much awaited Caribbean chocolate cake, it absolutely kind of, absolutely flew this year. I mean, much more of that uh, was in cans. So I guess it was easier to get hold of than previous years where it's it's sold out almost before public release. Um, but yeah, no, that's, that's, you know, it was really, really flew this year. Um, obviously, the Nitro being the twist on the, on the classic and the variant being the pancake stack. So, um, and they're, you know, brilliant beers. You obviously you've had the nitro. Um, it'd be keen to hear your thoughts, but yeah, it was so thick, right? So thick. Absolutely. I loved it. Um, I think when we spoke, we said that the, the original Caribbean chocolate cake doesn't tend to get the love it deserves anymore because of yeah. the, the kind of varieties that, that, that come with it now. Um, and I think it was the perfect thing to do for it. It was um, an inspired choice, to be honest, because it really did, you know, it's a great beer anyway, um, but it really did up its game, um, adding that nitro element to it. And so I, I very much enjoyed that. 
exactly and you know it, it, it's difficult for it to really kind of get like you say the what it deserves you know um, behind Despire which is obviously the double imperial is going to be it's going to be a bigger stronger beer just by nature um yeah you know and it's your, your two choices if you're eating out a restaurant do you want a normal chocolate fudge cake or do you want a death by a super sunday fudge cake generally you're always going to go for the, the crazy one so yeah. and i think this gave it a nice little extra element to it and just kind of really elevated how thick and creamy and, and, and pretty mad it was and um i think that and death by this year were my were my favorites but they all have their their great attributes to it so as as a series um it, it was mm. it was fantastic you know for me definitely better than last year and then next year's will hopefully be better than this year's and that's the name of the game right keep on keep on improving and making your beers even better and why not why not indeed (laughs) Um, and so what what are we going to expect from the fairground trio i mean they've well if i mean if you were to go on to untap now paul i don't know if you use it and you know sometimes take it with a pinch of salt but they are our three highest rated beers ever on untap so i think that will uh that kind of speaks volumes i mean they're fantastic they're obviously milk stout so they're very sweet mm. um each with a little bit of uh or you know different adjuncts to kind of give them different kind of experiences steve our barrel master took kind of inspiration from from the fairground so you're you know they're obviously named after fairground rides and they have kind of yeah. those kind of signature flavors but you know, for me, I like to describe them as, as pastry stouts for adults. You know, they are sweet, but there's there's the booziness and there's the barrels in there that really, really comes through. Um, and, and all the adjuncts that we put in it, everything is natural. There's no, you know, we use orange peel and, and we use all, all those adjuncts are natural. There's no synthetic flavours in. So, yeah, for me, they're, they're really kind of those big pastry stouts, but but like an adult version, I guess. They're just, I mean, they're fantastic beers. So yeah, you Brilliant. are in for a real treat, absolutely. Uh, well, I'm very much looking forward to those. Um, <laughs> definitely not going to be a session on them though. Thirteen and a half percent each. I think uh, I think I'll make sure that I'm one per session to make sure that I'm really enjoying them the max uh, that I can. Uh, so you, you mentioned there about the um, adjuncts and the you know the you were using the real things, not not any kind of chemical ad- additives, and that was using your Spinbot kit. That's right. Yeah, that's the it's the Spinbot that, um, yeah. that obviously we use that to, to kind of impart those flavors. Absolutely. Mm. Um, and and yeah, they're you know like I say they're completely you know kind of natural ingredients you know and used in in you know, quantities to elevate the, the base beer uh, or, or or kind of you know give it distinct flavors rather than take over. Um, I guess in a, in a sense, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Um, but yeah, well, they're um, a mix of bourbon. So that, I mean, the base beer is it's been twenty four, aged for twenty four months in a in a mix of bourbon and rye barrels. Um, nice. So nice. and then obviously yeah, with those particular adjuncts in, just uh, mm. I, like you say, it it would be nice to drink them one uh, after the other to kind of see how they differ. But I wouldn't recommend that unless you're going to share with uh with a friend yeah. or maybe do one one evening yeah if you if you can take one each evening maybe yeah maybe try maybe, that maybe one each evening yeah unfortunately <laughs> the situation that we find ourselves in at the moment is kind of uh put sharing out of the yeah. question unless you're living with somebody who who enjoys those kind of beers i don't so unfortunately i'm not able to share that, that but 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, in some ways it's good because it means I get to drink the whole thing. But in other ways, it means that yeah, I can't I can't taste all three of them on the same session. But never right. mind. They, I mean, they really are something. And you know, we we really upped our um, our barrel program this year. Um, and um, actually, a rather exciting exciting development um, is we've just um, I guess it's a signal of intent from Steve, but um, you can now follow. Um, the Siren Barrel Store um, on on Instagram. So there's a there's an account um, specifically for it. So if you follow um, at Siren Barrels on Instagram, um, there's going to be pretty regular updates um, on on what's going on there because I think this year is going to be particularly exciting in terms of our uh, our barrel age program. We've got some um, some really exciting beers coming out. Obviously, uh, Maiden is being brewed. Uh, I, I believe as we speak, I think it's uh, either it was either today or tomorrow, obviously being traditionally the first beer of the year that we brew. Um, mm. So the, the fresh batch will be brewed, ready for um, the blend to be released, um, I believe, late February, early March. Um, and then I know we've got another one planned to be released at the end of this month as well, which is a rebrew of, a, of an old uh, siren favourite. So we've kind of rebirthed that. So lots of really exciting stuff coming out for the barrel store. So if barrel barrel age beers is your thing, then definitely, you know, at Siren Barrels on Instagram to kind of keep up with all right. of Steve's exploits. Uh, well, I'll, I'll definitely go on to that and sign up <laughs> uh, to follow, follow that. That sounds interesting. Um, but I mean, obviously, as well as the nitro Caribbean chocolate cake uh, and the first nitro beer you, that you had once you'd uh, got your new kit installed the nitro broken dream which again was fantastic uh you've been playing around with the nitro a bit haven't you you've uh, you've released a, a fair few nitro beers yeah definitely i mean it's been it's something that we um that, that we've i guess really been enjoying and we've uh, you know everything's a learning curve you know and, and that that goes you know even the most experienced breweries when they get new uh, new bits of equipment or, or things like that everything's that you know learning and playing around and seeing how um, it affects your beers and we've had some great great fun with them um, obviously we released the um, like you say broken dream was was the first and uh, it seemed fitting um for that to be the first um to, to get the nitro treatment um a couple of red ipas um more recently we've got midnight mischief which is our um like a, like a low abv kind of milk stout um so kind of again playing around to see what effect the nitro has on kind of a lower ABV, thinner kind of beer mm. um, to kind of see how that elevates it. So, um, and, and that's, you know, tasting absolutely delicious. Um, so yeah, we've had had lots of fun with it and um, it's definitely going to be a theme kind of running in into next year, that's for sure. Fantastic. Yeah, I've got the uh, cold-blooded nitro Yes, uh, I haven't I haven't uh, sampled that yet, but I've got that, and I'm looking looking forward to trying that. But I, I thought it was really interesting as well, though. You mentioned your red ale. You actually had the nitro and the classic version side by side, didn't you? Yeah, it was just, and that again is a bit of fun, a bit of an experiment, but also to kind of show people. I mean, I guess nitro, you know, it has been around for a while, but to to a lot of people, actually, you know, unless you're um, absolute beer nerds, it's probably a, a fairly new um concepts to a lot of people so um although broken dream got the treatment you know we noticed there was a lot of people that still um you know i wouldn't say weren't sure but you know sort of questions about you know what is nitro why do we use it you know what, what's it doing to the beer so 
so that was just a, a natural kind of progression from that um let's let's take a beer and give them the two different treatments to see you know um also you know for us to see how it changes our beers but also for for other people to to kind of um see what it does and you know we definitely learned that there are some um sometimes some little changes that you can make to to a nitro beer to kind of you know elevate it and um, mm. also you know this is the same beer so you know take the same beer treat it in two different ways and see what happens um did you get to try both of those did you no i didn't go i didn't try the, the red owls unfortunately uh, i kind of missed those but uh um i'll have a look next next time round or next time you do a similar a similar thing i'll, <laughs> I'll try those out yeah, I, I wouldn't blame you. I mean, so we uh, we did a little count up uh, at the end of the year in our office, and um, I think we released, I think it was 101 beers we released last year was the count, which, um, and it's not surprising that, that you missed, I think even I missed out on a few, <laughs> just trying to keep up with yeah. the amount that we, we brewed absolutely crazy amount of beers. Absolutely. I mean, it's a great situation that so many great breweries like yourselves are, releasing so many beers but by the other respects you know it's it's just impossible to to keep up with them all um but you know at the end of the day there's there's different audiences and isn't there different markets uh for for different types of beers i of course as i've said to you before love the 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 stouts and the the big imperial stouts They're, they're they're my favorite type of beers but to be honest throughout the last year i have been drinking um a lot more uh other styles and and some dippers and tippers and things like that as well, which I didn't drink as much of. Not, you know, I didn't, right. didn't ever drink them, but I didn't drink yeah. as much of those in previous years. I've started to to get a, more of a taste for those. And uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that's the thing. There's, you're, you're not going to get one set of people who are going to necessarily want to try all different styles of beer. Absolutely. And I, and I think that's something that, you know, that we're keen on. And, and you know, we always say that we brew the beers that we want to brew and when we like to drink. Um, and, and, you know, but we also brew, I'm not scared to brew a beer because, you know, maybe it's not particularly like popular. It's not the in beer, you know, there's not many breweries that I think we brewed maybe five or six red IPAs last year. Um, there's not, I, you know, I, I, there's not many people that brew red IPAs at all, you know, let alone kind of, that many and you know we've got um we've got a black ipa on the horizon obviously we've got micro ipas micro porters you know mm. barrel aged blends barley wines um you know, 13 and a half cents all the way down to you know 2.8 percent micro ipas so yeah. there really is a little bit of everything that that we try to you know that we try to do but um, we also do have quite a diverse range of brewing staff and that and we all <laughs> we all love different beers so that, that's probably why you see quite a quite a mad yeah variety of styles coming out from us and is that black ipa uh a the collaboration with andy at elusive it did yeah i mean who else would we <laughs> brew a black ipa uh Absolutely. with than, than almost <laughs> like the you know the the father of black ipas you know he's a bipper comeback yeah. um hashtag bipper comeback that you promote so so yeah that was with andy just obviously you know across what stone throw away from us um so that should be out by the end of the month but uh, that was our uh, we, we brewed that on um uh on new year's or new year's eve i believe um and had yeah we had great great fun um obviously socially distanced um <laughs> a lunch as well you know the classic <laughs> get a lunch in all together but yeah it was a uh, it was great fun kind of brewing that especially with andy excellent i look forward to that 
Um, anything else that you can uh, share with us for 2021? Anything that, that the brewery have got coming up? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of plans, really. I mean, first and foremost, I think, um, you know, much like any other brewery at the moment, especially the first two months of the year, you know, um, it's particularly difficult for hospitality, um, but especially with everything that's going on. So, mm. you know, I think um, at the moment, you know, we just want to try and um, just keep on putting out good beers and, and kind of uh, all kinds of different styles for people to enjoy um we want to help support the kind of the industry as well as and on trade as much as possible so you know the first few months obviously for 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 any brewery at the moment is just kind of you know keeping on going so um but even having said that we've got some like i say some very, very exciting beers coming out you know within the first kind of just in quarter one we've got a couple of barley wines uh, um kind of planned in um we've got some kind of old beers that we're bringing back collaborations and um, obviously Andy's beer will, will be back out um but yeah at the moment you know it's just um let's just keep on doing what we're doing um you know lots of uh lots more of these kind of online little bits and pieces um we I was busy kind of in the in the lead up the last couple of months of last year with virtual tastings which we rolled out um, I think I organised around about 50 different virtual tastings in the last wow. six weeks of the year, which was stressful, mm. but great fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, getting, you know, I, you know, probably over a thousand people on Zoom, you know, all together, you know, staff Christmas parties for different companies. And, mm. you know, that's going to be a theme that's going on. We'll be doing lots more of those. So, you know, people can still um, drink and connect with their kind of their colleagues or their family um so lots of online things as well um i hope you know really kind of hoping that people can still enjoy beers still try new things um and still enjoy beers with their friends so yeah, yeah and just lots of you know lots of ideas in the pipelines that we're kind of visually trying to get to grasp with at the moment fantastic yeah and obviously online is a is a good avenue at the moment because yeah it still could be a few several months even until proper in-person tasting so it's good right. to have a good to have a portfolio of uh, of events that work and that uh, you know tried and trusted so that's pretty good i also um got the opportunity to do the uh the escape room uh that um yes uh deadlocked have done uh, on the siren theme which uh, i found really good quite challenging actually in parts there was Parts of it, we uh, we did it. I did it with my family, and we got a, a stuck in a couple of places, but we managed to get through in the end, and really, really enjoyed it. So it's all those kind of things, you know, that you're doing not just in terms of the beer tasting, but trying to give people m many different ways to entertain themselves, not not just sitting there drinking beer. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, and everyone needs a bit of a, <clears throat> I guess, a reason to smile at the moment. And you know, beer is. And always has been fun you know great social lubricant to kind of enjoy your with friends and family and you know we're trying to think of as many kind of fun and cool ways to, that people can do that um we, we've you know we've got some events coming up we've got we're going to celebrate our um, our tap yards third birthday party with an online kind of party for, for kind of all the tap yard locals and things like that and all those people that are missing out on you know the, the locals that missing out on coming down and drinking our beers in yeah. and seeing all their regulars and their friends that 
you know they've got to know over the past three years so mm. we're working on on some things like that um so yeah not just you know not just putting out great beers um not just you know trying to support um people in you know other breweries and hospitality and you know and on, on trade as much as we can but you know like local charities and things like that so lots of kind of cool plans that definitely going to keep us busy i'm sure <laughs> fantastic well i look forward to all of those beers um that are coming out this year as i say still um the ones that uh, came out talent last year to to get through um yeah. but yeah very much looking forward to having those but uh yeah looking forward to uh seeing what what else comes out of siren um and getting to an open and normal tap yard where uh, yeah, in 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 times uh, to come soon hopefully as and when you can yeah we're working on some some uh, some ideas i mean obviously it's difficult to plan anything at the moment yeah really but you know we've we've yeah. got some ideas to, to come up to um when we can welcome everyone back safely to to do it in a fun and exciting way so yeah. um, there'll, there'll be something there for you for you paul i'm sure <laughs> fantastic well it's been fantastic catching up with you matt um good to speak to you and see you again and uh Thanks, paul. I'm, I hope you had a, a a nice and relaxing New Year and Christmas break because uh, the, the work's back on now. So yeah, yeah, straight back, back into back it. But, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, we we love what we do and we love um, making great beers and and getting beers out to people and seeing them um, seeing the seeing their faces, whether it's over Zoom or or in person when they enjoy the beer. So we'll, we'll keep doing that um, and keep sending yeah. out sending out good vibes. So. Um, yeah, no, thanks for inviting me back, Paul. It was um, great to see no you problem. again. Um, okay. Yeah, all the best for 2021. Yeah, and to you too. Cheers, Paul. Great catching up with Matt there, and I'm very much looking forward to those big Imperial Stouts that we discussed um, and that I have sitting in my beer fridge waiting to be devoured. Okay, so next I spoke to Russ Clark from Amity Brew Co. in Leeds. When we spoke in early August last year, Russ and his team were in the midst of setting up their brand new brewery. In fact, they didn't even have their own site at the time. It was in the process of being built. So they were brewing over at Glen Afric Brewery in Birkenhead. The beer coming out was superb. And if you heard the Christmas episode, both myself and Adrian Tierney-Jones selected them as our top new brewery of the year. So I was very keen to catch up with Russ to see how things had gone in the five months since we last spoke. Welcome back, Russ. Howdy, 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 howdy. Good to see um, you. How, how are things? Yeah, good. Um, uh, better than we thought it would be at this point, because what we're, we're chatting on uh, Tuesday the 5th of Jan, so that, mm. that might put people in a bit of context for the things that we might be <laughs> chatting about today. Cause yes, the, yeah. There are things that are still in motion, things that might change over the next yeah. few days. So. Clarity that is required, I think. Is, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. probably get on to that. But yeah, from 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 today, we're we're good. Uh, we're still alive. Uh, uh, the the business is is still up and running and uh, mm. continues to to look like it might might do so as well. So yeah, well, that's excellent news, of course. Yeah, um, sure. <laughs> now. Uh, we last spoke at the uh, beginning of August, so it's uh, it's been a few months, uh, several months, and there's been quite some some changes in that time, isn't there? Some obviously some plan changes, things that uh, you were working towards. Yeah, we had um, obviously the the plan at the time, certainly back in August anyway, was to be open 
uh, in some respects by, I think at the time we were talking sort of end of September, something yeah. like that. I, I mm. believe we, we were chatting about. And uh, a lot of stuff, just life gets in the way, really. So mm. it, maybe more surprisingly, it isn't just down to uh, the pandemic, uh, things like that. <laughs> there are There are more simple beasts at play uh than than a humble uh coronavirus uh <laughs> getting in the way no at, at the end of the day um the units that we were uh, are now currently abiding in um they weren't ready for us and right. the time that it was going to take to get them ready for us and modernize them and get everything up to spec uh for a new tenant to come in just took a bit longer than we were right. expecting um, and it's one of those where we, both the landlords, um, who I need to give a massive shout out to, to be honest, because I don't think I've ever worked with as incredible, <laughs> flexible and like just gung ho people that you can chat to uh, and discuss things with ever. They're, they're in, amazing. Absolutely incredible. Oh, that's good. Because they're pushing from their end. We've been pushing from our end and that we kind of had... Uh, a group of contractors in between us both really um yeah. and there were basic things that needed to happen to this unit you know it needed to become damp proof which is quite essential when you are talking about yeah. you know a, a bar and hospitality and brewery uh and also things like having a toilet you know fairly essential it's quite uh, important I, I, i've often found on on sort of uh you know nights out at, uh, at places drinking liters of uh, of liquid a toilet tends to be quite important. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're, they're certainly high-ranking, I would say. Yeah, up there. yeah, yeah, they're up there. Behind uh, the beer, of course, but, you know. Yeah, that's it. Um, so, yeah, so uh, delays happen. You know, it, it's the absolute, um, it's the nature of the beast when it, sure. when it comes to this kind of business. Um, but, as I mentioned, so where we're based, so it's Sunnybank Mills in, in Farsley, uh, mm. in northwest Leeds. Um the guys, you know, we've been working with John and William now, uh, who are our landlords for, you know, probably nine, 10 months now, you know, off and on and now more on than not. Yeah. And they've got a real vision for the mills where, you know, it's, it's a few centuries old, used to be a big textile uh, area and, and they've lived through that as well. So they've, they've lived through it being a genuine textile hub, having okay. to close all that. Hmm. and then having to go, right, what the hell do we do now? Like, what sure. do we do with it? Yeah. And then gradually, bit by bit, encourage other businesses and like-minded individuals to come in and uh, um, and make it a, a new and prosperous uh, hub. So they've now got some hospitality venues in there that have been there for, for a number of years. They've got artist galleries. They've got... Um, artists in general who who have little workshop spaces that they rent and um, they're, they've, they're just about to launch a, a commercial kitchen for an operator that we've been working with really closely. Mm. Um, and, you know, uh, the, the, there's a fantastic pizza place in there that's getting a second more um, uh, wet lead uh, mini venue sort of opposite where they're... So right. they're, they're bringing a, a sort of real... 
um, a real a real vibe for for want of a millennial word or not uh, to the area. <laughs> Uh, but you know and they've got a fantastic gallery where they have lots of um, sort of changeable stuff in there and it's a shop as well and all that kind of stuff and mm. you know they've got I think just over 75 businesses now in in this huge wow. mill uh, area well, um, you know some creative some um, just offices uh, gym is now in there so they've managed to sort of bring this whole area really back. And part of that was this kind of big um, two million pound investment to open up uh, this landscape, you know, creating a load of new car parking, which is great, a bit of green space, which will really come into its own, uh, I say this year, 2021. Yeah. Um, and then obviously the, there's us and another venue that's coming up, right next door to us okay uh, there's there's another bar in uh farsley called the constitution and uh though those who know the area will absolutely know these people that are in there right uh, it's run by a trio of guys chock dick and howard <laughs> and they run it, it's effectively it was a working men's club right. and they they do uh, sort of theater and dance and comedy and bingo and quizzes and all this kind of stuff and basically they've taken a unit next door to us uh, by which the entrance to their unit is is past us so and it's a five to six hundred person capacity live venue wow it's going to be on our doorstep and they are already booking things for this year and next year beyond uh mark radcliffe spaced uh lots of sort of you know, fairly big names, certainly in terms of my youth and, and, yeah. and things like that. And um, they're, they're really excited. But their their plan currently is to basically get out of the current situation. I mean, we're all crossing fingers for March, obviously, but who knows? But yeah. we've kind of made a bit of a pact together that are, we're going to go live, live together, yeah. essentially. So they'll have a really big live music party of some kind. We'll be having people, obviously, on our on our big terrace, our big patio, yeah. and in the venue itself, and obviously in the brew house space as well. So, all yeah. in, we could probably host about six hundred to six fifty uh, people in in an evening, which would Excellent. be uh, yeah. astonishing. And of, and of course, going forward from that, they're going to they're going to need some some source of uh, fresh beer from somewhere. That'd be the hope. Yeah, I, wonder, I mean, wonder we, where they could where they could locate that in the area. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we, we'll put our thinking caps on. Certainly. Yeah, yeah. Um, you'll come up with something. We've, we've um, talked about putting a, a, a tap through the wall directly yeah, into, just, into their bar. Yeah, just have the, one tank is theirs. Just yeah, <laughs> yeah, nice little serving tank or something. But so, uh, um, so yeah. what? Uh, when did you actually finally move in? Um, and and in terms of brew, uh, I know obviously the tap room is probably different, but in terms yeah. of your first brew day, when was that? Yeah, so it's interesting. The tap room was actually finished before the brewery was, right, uh, which okay. is not the way round we envisaged uh, everything. Sure. Uh, but true to form, delays happen. Uh, yeah. So, the but at least you had hit. beer to serve, though. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah, through the partnerships that we had that we discussed last time, sure. um, we brewed a, a few batches with uh, legitimate industries. So it's the the guys behind Red's Barbecue. They own their own little brewery in Leeds, and. Mm. They uh, they basically did some batches for us. So we had a load of keg stock. We had a load of can stock and we were kind of ready to go. Uh, again, shout out to the Sunnybank Mills team there. But they 
enabled us to fit out our brew pub with the amazing design tonics. So they're, they're partners within the business. They've, they've been with us from day one, effectively helping us to, to bring this to, to, to fruition. Um, they were enabled to actually go in and start the fit out even before we completed on the lease. Now that just does not happen in this industry. It does not happen. So we had six to seven weeks of fit out before we were even paying any rent whatsoever. Uh, whereas normally that would obviously eat into your sort of rent free period yeah, or, sure. you know, from, from the point that money, money starts getting exchanged effectively. Uh, but no, so we were actually ready to go before the lease completed uh, in terms of that. So wow. we, we completed on the lease. Uh, it was, I think it was Friday, the 4th of December. So a little bit later than we anticipated. Sure. Yeah. Um, but we opened that weekend and mm. yeah, we had, we had people coming in for click and collect and, and take away, take away beer. Uh, the, the brew house itself arrived the following week. Um, so again, definitely later than we anticipated there mm. um but you know all brand new kit all in there um, um yeah we, we've been kind of working out a little bit the kinks that kind of thing but we've got a couple of brews already in tank now which is fantastic uh and incredibly they're both due for canning next week um so there's a bit of logistics to get over for that but yeah we'll, we'll get there um yeah. And then we're going to do sort of version one of what we will start to become Amity's IPA. And that, that's really all we're kind of keen to call it right now. Mm -hmm. um, we're not, we just want to feel our way with it, to be honest with you. We don't want to, uh, we, you, you know, from the previous time that we came and chatted you know we love our classic stuff but we like to experiment as well so it's kind of sure. a bit of both and we're using a lot of old school kind of west coast hops but we're also looking at things like feek yeast and things like that so we mm. there's there's flavor profiles and there's uh textures that we really want to get so we're looking at oat cream and and sort of big oat uh, um grist uh, in the mash and things like that so okay. um lots of different beers have inspired both me rich and greg so we're kind of trying to pull a lot of things together see what works and yeah you know we we know that an ipa is gonna do quite well for us regardless of what happens so and we're really keen to make sure that it's quite an evolving recipe it's not something that's going right this is our ipa this is how it is it's done kind of it's done and dusted okay we might not do a cloud water literally in terms of putting a v1 on it but you know we will yeah. make it very very abundantly yeah. clear that this is going to change it's going to yeah. it's going to grow yeah okay and so i mean is that one of the beers that's uh, ready to be uh canned next week or no, so that's actually only going into tank uh, early uh, early next week, basically. Okay. So yeah, but with a kvik, uh yeast, it's got a very very short fermentation. Right. Uh, right. So it's only a couple of days because it burns really hot, burns right through it very very quickly. Okay. So the conditioning time obviously is cut short uh, on that as well. So what we're anticipating is even though we'll be only canning uh, our Sunny Bank Pale and Festoon Lager next week. Uh -huh. um, We'll probably be looking at about the 22nd, 23rd of January to get the Kvik ready to go. So it's it's really only a week and a half in between yeah. them both. 
um, and then we turn the tanks over again and we we see what we need to brew next kind of thing so fantastic yeah. oh that's great that yeah. uh, you've got these these beers coming out soon so yeah. it's wonderful that people can uh, can lay their hands on those but i think there's something also about it being the the first brews that you guys have made in your sure. own brew house i mean yeah it it's still your beer the ones that you you were, you were brewing earlier this year 100%. but it just has that difference to it i think you know the the first batches out out of your own brew house and i'm sure you know not just for the drinkers but i'm sure that's something for you to be proud of as well for sure i mean um i was again lovely to be invited onto the beer o'clock show um a few months ago and the the big poll i, I sort of th- thought i'd throw a hand grenade out there and ask for the question of the uh, question of the week to be about contract brewing and how how people felt about it yeah um and there was a, a wide range of responses and i think what it came down to for me was that um you know i started in the industry at brewdog and um they've got a very firm uh, uh public line about how they see independence and contract brewing and things like that but i think what it comes down to for me was it was our recipes we were there for the brew days yeah you know yeah. we we absolutely were involved at every stage of the way totally we were just using someone else's kit yeah so, I, I totally agree with you i mean i think there is a big difference i think that the the circumstances have to be taken into account when there's a contract brew where literally it's just a case of one brewery just brews the beer for somebody else and as you say nobody's there they make the beer they just stick a name on it that's a different story but when you're there when it's your beer all you're doing is using their kit um you know they're they're helping you out and using their kit there's a big big difference i think with some of the other kind of contract brewery things um so yeah i I totally agree with you um i just want to give a thanks as well I, i know i did it online but big thanks to yourself and adrian uh tony jones as well for for the the previous podcast where we you were talking about your sort of up and comings for the year we the team were flabbergasted like blown away i say blown away a lot but like we were blown away by by the mentions so both of us um and in fact actually you know even though matt and claire had uh, had different sort of uh, suggestions for i sure. think everybody was unanimous in saying that it was very impressive what you've done um uh, and the beer you've produced um so in in all honesty it's uh it's very well deserved and very well earned um, thank you. it's humbling looking... to be it's humbling to be thought of to be honest mm. at yeah. this stage in our journey because you know we i think we said the the last time i know i've referenced that a few times but you know the last chat we had you know we said we're never going to be like this untapped brewery like we're not going to be in that high echelon kind of thing but it's not really what we're doing like it's it you know we're not doing it for the ratings and whilst it's fun to get good scores and all that kind of stuff it's brill but i think from my perspective it's like we just want to brew some really good beer and like if if people within the industry think that we're on like on a good path good journey with that then that's the most important thing for me i think absolutely um and and at the end of the day, you know, they're a very engaged consumer as well, aren't they? Because, you know, they, they receive beer from all over the place, lots of different breweries. But yeah. I think ultimately, if your average customer walks into our bar when they're allowed to uh, and yeah. they, they enjoy they enjoy the pint that's put in front of them and they go again for the same or they want to try something else and it makes them curious. That's actually the aim. That's actually what what we want to do. Yeah. No, it, absolutely. Wonderful to get the plaudits, though. 
So. Yeah, no, of course. And, you know, uh, we're all um, excited to see what 2021 has to offer um, or what you have to offer uh, for 2021, to be honest. Yeah. Um, any... Already already some fun stuff on the way. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, any, any kind of uh, glimpses of, of what we can expect that you can let us know? Yes, there's, yes, there's, there's a couple of things we're kind of talking about at the minute. Obviously, we've we've already had a few collaborations, um, all three seemingly very, very well received. So our first one was with Full Circle up in Newcastle. So we did Beach Haven. Uh, so 6.8% New England IPA, really big oat, oat grist, almost broke their mash tun, which <laughs> which was a fun day. Um but yeah, that was that really well received. Uh, New England IPA. We did the Winter Ale, uh, Rog and Beer with Round Corner. So really high rye based beer. Uh, but then it was fermented with the uh, Verheinstefan uh, strain of uh, Weissen yeast. So you've got banana, clove, raisin, and it just tasted like Christmas in a can, to be honest with you. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, really big favorite of us in 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 the brewery um and then uh most recently like because of rich's connection to vocation we were asked to go along and and brew beer with both vocation and sure shot so james campbell off of cloudwater uh, that was uh, and now set up on his own and he's brewing via uh, vocation at the minute so Mm. three-way collab doing a sort of imperial version of our red lane um so imperial esb is more leaning towards the maltier side of things as opposed to red lane, which is more on the bitter side of things. So, mm. um, but yeah, really, really pleased with, with how that turned out as well. Um, so we've got a couple of collabs in the pipeline. Uh, one uh, will be probably in January um, and we're working with Kirkstall Brewery. So again, it's quite local to us, Yeah. Uh, but Kirkstall Brewery have been phenomenal uh, in helping us get started, to be honest with you. They've helped us out with some ingredients. They're going to be helping us out with canning and things like that. And um, yeah, they're, they're, they're absolutely top. All, all of the team there are incredible. Uh, and to help out a small brewery like us is, it's just, they didn't need to do it. And they, yeah. they've just stepped up. And they're also helping out another small brewery in Leeds called Anthology. Uh, oh, yeah. If you haven't checked them out before, I'm sure you have, but... Mm. Uh, certainly if your listenership's never checked them out. It's a a guy called Liam. It's an absolute one-man band. Um, And Liam is is an absolute cracker of a guy. Really good brewer as well. His stuff is is fantastic. So I really recommend checking that out. Uh, Especially he does a Sicilian lemon pale ale, which is really, really decent. So yeah, that's that's my tip from the top on that one. Um, So yeah, so one one with Kirkstall uh which uh we haven't finally locked in the recipe yet so i won't say too much just yet and then the other one i can't really talk about but uh it's uh that's gonna probably follow in march because we're really keen to do it as an in-person collab as opposed to kind of virtually or anything sure. like that. So, yeah yeah um, I suppose that, but, that's the thing isn't it really that um the, the collaborations are, are suffering a little bit in how they were uh, traditionally traditionally done for sure. And the, the one that I would say for this one is that we were, I, you know, we were absolutely bowled over to be asked by this brewery to do a beer with them at this stage on our journey, because they are mm. easily one of the breweries that I hold in some of the highest regards in the UK beer scene. They're one of the earliest uh, to really, to really bring that to them. So for us to be asked by them was, 
yeah, it was incredible to do that um, uh, this early doors. But again, they were sort of saying, look, you started a brewery in a pandemic, you mental, like you're absolutely insane. <laughs> like, yeah. but, but like, let's do a series of beers, you know, let, let's do a, a sort of pandemic series. So I think, I think there's um, already work afoot to do um, a beer each with the three breweries that I know of anyway that, that started in the pandemic. So obviously there's us, there's New Barnes and then uh, Beak as well, who obviously got, got mentioned last week uh, as well. So, Indeed, yes. And yeah. our, our future guest on the show as well. Oh, smashing great news. Yeah, yeah. They're all lovely guys. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And it's great to see you know new breweries still still starting up and because i think a, a few a few times over people have said about the craft beer bubble bursting and i think they are totally and utterly wrong it's not bursting it's just growing bigger and bigger and bigger um and so it's awesome what uh, what you guys are doing there um in farsley um and really looking forward not only to this pandemic being over for multiple reasons, really, <laughs> sure. um, but also for being able to get up there and, you know, yeah. shake your hand, Russ, and, and have a have a pint with you. I will have a hug. Don't worry about that. Oh, of course. Uh, yeah, we, don't, we don't do we don't do handshakes <laughs> at Amity. It's, it's all hugs. Absolutely. So. Well, it's been fantastic talking to you again and catching up Thank with you. you. Um, and it's um, amazing to hear what's been going on in that time. And I'm sure that um, that is just you know, just a, a small step in, in where you're going. I'm sure that in, in no time at all, you know, you are going to be up there um, uh, along with the, with the others um, and, you know, keep going at it. It's been, it's been great. And I look forward to, to all the new beer coming, coming out of your brewery. Thanks mate. Really appreciate no it. At all. Thanks for inviting me back. Thank, not at all. Not at all. Thanks for joining me again. Brilliant to talk with Russ there. And so glad that they're finally in their own space now. Hopefully they will also be able to properly open their tap room soon. Uh, before we complete the catch-ups with a visit back to Leeds again to speak to Alex from North Bruco, here's the 2021 predictions from the trio of beer writers that I spoke to for the Christmas special, Claire Bullen, Matt Curtis and Adrian Tierney-Jones. First up with the predictions was Matt Curtis. I have some predictions. Go for it. I've got a tiny crystal ball here. It's very small. Otherwise known as a marble. My first prediction is that I think things that will get back to normal quicker than we expect. I think this is partly optimism on my my God, account, so. but um, people are being vaccinated now, and that's only one of the three vaccines that's going to be available, and it's going out to GPs this week. So I think I've marked Easter as a tentative, like this is when we might be able to start planning the parties. Like, um, and then I think it'll be, it's going to be a very emotional year um, when people sort of pile into the, the pub. Um, so, but mainly I, I think beer is going to go from strength to strength. I love, I, I love the, the discourse around beer styles, like West Coast, East Coast. And I love that this kind of pulls beer in different directions. And I love that like, that Andy Parker elusive has just been ringing his bell for black IPA. And now black IPA is back and everyone's like, yep. damn, why did we stop drinking this? This is delicious. And um, I, I think it's going to get, uh, there's, there's a lot of tumultuousness coming though. Um, in terms of the beer tax debate, continued pressure from the beer tie. Um, and uh, you know, I, I think 
I think there's going to be some bad news for breweries on the tax front, but I think the, the there's there's some people who say it'll be the, the death knell to the microbrewing industry. I don't think so. I think we've seen if, if breweries like New Barns and Beat can come out so strongly in in a pandemic year, there's going to be some great things. I mean, in Manchester, Bondobust are about to open a brew pub. They've been fitting out behind the scenes, so their second Manchester restaurant were spoiled already having that place, but they're going to have a brew pub. There's lots of other exciting breweries in the, work, the works. I think that connection between beer and food is going to strengthen. One thing, one other thing I'd like to predict is I'd like to see what, what's really interesting, you know, talking about the awards is I wouldn't, my first silver in the British Guild of Beer Writers Awards in 2015 for a blog post, like literally as an amateur writer, a blog post about a stag do in Berlin. And I read it the other day and, 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 and it's, it's, it's very, it's very masculine. It's not really, I, I couldn't, I couldn't publish it now. It's not really what people are interested in reading about. And I looked at all the, the work that people have been shortlisted for and the quality of, of beer writing and drinks writing is, is another level to how it was a few years ago. Um, and I would like, I think something that I've been trying to do with my magazine Pellicle and um, with my own writing is try and break into, like try and get people into the idea that beer writing is a genre of food writing and it deserves wider recognition. It's really hard because even the food writers are like, it's just beer. It's what you drink when you want to relax at the end of the day, which it is, but that's why it's so great. <laughs> Uh, so I think something I'd like to see a push for is um, just just beer to continue rather than like try and break into old media, like continue to plow new furrows. Like what uh, Claire and the team do at Good Beer Hunting. I used to work with them a few years ago and they do an amazing job. And this just goes from strength to strength. Me and Johnny have got Pellicle and there's other things like Birim Collective emerging. And, I, I, and so many voices uh, in beer and like if you're thinking about starting a blog or a podcast or a magazine, just do it. Like get by the URL or, or sign up to WordPress. Like it's a really exciting time. And I think we're at this cusp where we could, could get beer writing a bit more gravitas within that food rather than the mainstream, but in that food world. Um, so that's that, that, you know, beer writing's my, my job. So I'd like to see that. And, and our job is to get people excited about beer. And I think one thing I've really enjoyed about this conversation is how excited the four of us have been about, about these beers. And so I, I feel quite optimistic. I think there's going to be some bad news, but I do think that good spirits and, and uh, optimism will, will take us to a really good place in 2021. Mm. Fantastic. Well said, well said. Absolutely. And I hope you are 100% spot on. Claire, what, what do you predict for next year? Oh, yeah, predictions are such a funny one because I think so much, so much of the time they just end up being the things that you hope will happen. So maybe I'll, I'll frame it in that way. Um, I, I agree with Matt that I hope that the recovery will be swifter than kind of us pessimists might think now and that the scene kind of comes back. Um, I, another thing that I hope is, I, I remember... Um, Derek Bates of, uh, of Duration described it this way, but he talks about how Duration is, is um, trying to move away from the, the monoculture of pale ales and IPAs. And I think it's a really interesting way to frame that um, because it has become really oppressive in so many ways. So I'm really hoping that 
that monoculture does start giving way. Um, I hope we see more malt-driven styles. I hope we keep turning back to the classics and kind of older traditional lagers and continental European styles. I think it's going that way. I think we are moving away from that hegemony. And I think we are rediscovering um, more classical, balanced, malt-driven styles. Um, at least it seems like, you know, the self-selecting beer geeks at the cutting edge are starting to go in that direction. The pendulum is maybe swinging back. So I hope it keeps swinging. Those are the beers that definitely excite me the most right now. Um, it's sort of, it's an interesting one for me because I am American originally, as you can probably tell, and Good Beer Hunting is a US-based beer site. So I have one eye on the UK scene, but also one eye on the US scene at the same time. Mm. Right now, things are looking more optimistic for breweries here than they are in the U.S., where, you know, there's been, we've been waiting months for an update to a recovery package. Uh, you know, hospitality has been completely shut out. The, the sector is just absolutely shedding jobs. And that's true here, too, but I think it's on another kind of order of magnitude in the U.S. Um, mm. And things are, you know, everything there is slower and harder in terms of recovery efforts. The numbers of cases and deaths are just extraordinary. So there's a part of me that thinks, at least in the US, the it's gonna get worse before it gets better um, at this point. It still looks pretty dark in a lot of ways. Yeah. So that's, that's more of a pessimistic <laughs> prediction. I really hope that's not yeah. the case. But of course, um, now you have uh, somebody coming into the White House at the start of next year. Oh, yeah. Who cool. is going to be doing um, a, a much better job. I mean, I could do a much better job than the last one, but uh, certainly... Any, anyone <laughs> could. My, yeah. <laughs> my, like, yeah, exactly. My two-year-old niece probably could do a better yeah. job. Exactly. But, um, oh. And then again, my object can do a better job, to be honest. But, yeah. It's going to it's gonna all depend on what happens with the two Senate races in Georgia, because that's really going to determine the balance of things. And that's sort of, that's a whole other <laughs> kettle of fish there. But uh we'll have to see what happens there um mm. so yeah on the one hand i'm optimistic for kind of increased and also as matt was saying within beer writing just increased um diversity of voices more platforms we're moving away from legacy media we're moving towards wonderful independent publications like pellicle uh newsletters and Substacks. i think writing is kind of flourishing on all these uh, new platforms with fewer and fewer boundaries and barriers to entry than ever before. So I really hope that the, the kind of renaissance we've seen in food writing extends to beer writing in the future. And I'm already so encouraged by all the new voices and people present in the scene now. So I think there's a lot to be excited about. I think there's a lot to be a little trepidatious about, but um, overall, I think I lean more optimistic than pessimistic. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you very much, Claire. Adrian, what what would you like to tell us that uh, you? I'd, I'd echo um, Claire and Matt. I'm optimistic for the future. I am, um, you know, someone who one tier of my oh that word tier one tier of my writing was taken away from me with travel writing. You know, I mm. can't wait to get over to Belgium, to Berlin, to Prague. To I mean, I've. I was really, I, I want to get to Budapest. I know they've got an awful leader there, but the craft beer scene there is fucking brilliant. Mm. Um, 
But wrote a great article about it for Pellicle, for, about Mad Scientist and oh, yes. <laughs> liquid liquid cocaine, which was oh, double yeah, IPA. Yeah, That's you couldn't call a beer that in the UK, but you can <laughs> I, in Hungary. I was sitting in a bar called Keg and I texted Mark Trans and said, Ian, mate, why don't you call this a beer this name? And he just went, fuck off. <laughs> um, but no, if you're looking at beer predictions, um, you know, IPA is going to continue. It's going to continue because it is like a shattered mirror it's been thrown on the floor and it's like every splinter of that mirror is a reflection of IPA. And, um, and that mm. will continue. I mean, the only reason I'm saying this is I interviewed some brewers recently and about how, you know, it's things like hazy ice cream serves, um, sours, and they're saying that there is a market for it because, and, and, and Jager uh, uh, Wild Card said to me, she thinks it's good for craft beer you know, all right, we might not necessarily want to drink it ourselves, but it's bringing people into craft beer who don't drink beer. And at the yeah. end of the day, beer, you know, if you're a brewery, you're a business, you know, you really want, you know, it's a bit like me as a writer. I, I have to write certain things. I mean, I call the writing I really love, like for Claire or Matt, I call it the rock and roll. But other stuff is my, is my, um, it's like you just have to do things, which you can do. It's really, you know, you enjoy doing. Because as a journalist, you write about everything. Um, um, but I think, I think IPA and and I think ice cream. I mean, I've written this all down. You see, but lager is going to be. I think. I think there's going to be more and more lager produced and more and more better lager. And I think mm. if people can get funded, because lager is not cheap to make. But then on the other hand, research Don Zecco. He brews, where does he get, he gets his wort made somewhere, doesn't he? He makes it himself. Yeah. Um, he was yeah. brewing at Gypsy Hill. I think he was brewing at Gypsy Hill. I think he still is. I'm is not he, sure. I'm, ooh, I heard some, he, anyway, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I really Don Zoko, something exciting is happening in 2021. I'm going to, I can't tell you what it is. I know what it is, but I'm, I'm not allowed to say. But why are you I think I know what it is as well. But you're just but, teasing, you're just teasing us really. I think I might have been told it. Are you going to have a new local, Matt? I can't say. <laughs> um, I think I think I think there's going to be hazy, but I think I've written down here cask question mark. You know where is cask going to go? I mean, when I the first in my in my mouth as soon as the pubs reopen. Yeah, yeah, that's, but I, I can, that's easy. <laughs> so, Matt, um, the first. Um, Pint. When when I when the pubs opened again on July the fourth, I went straight down to my local pub and I drank Utopian keg, and I did it once. And then I went on before having a haircut. My fifth pint, I I went just because I wanted to tweet about it and report it as a writer. I went to the Weatherspoons and I'm not going back and I haven't been back because I wanted to see what Weatherspoons was like. And I had a punk IPA and then I went to have a haircut and uh, <laughs> that poor bloke cut my hair. All right, mate, drop me to put something on my face. But, um, you know, I think I had a pint of cask about two weeks later and it was dreadful. And it was in a pub where I actually thought they get this right normally. Um, so I, I've drunk much more keg when we could drink beer, you know, naturally, than I've drunk keg. And But when the cask is right, you know, I went to the Bridget Topsham in sort of late July, early August, and it's one of my favourite pubs in the world. I, was, I, I ended up having four pints of a 7% beer because 
it was lunchtime Saturday. I had my bicycle, so I, was, I didn't have to think about anything, you know. And I, I was sitting outside overlooking a river and reed beds and all that shit. And it was just sublime. So, I, but I do wonder where Cask is going. Um, you know, mm. is it is it going to get even more pushed to the margin? Um, and, 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 and the other thing is, I wrote about it recently, is that Cask, ever since the birth of camera, it seems to have just lived on its nerves. Um, and it just seemed that, you know, maybe it was the style of reporting about it, because I remember when I joined camera, I didn't join it for years, because I thought, I don't want to join it. They'd probably, I'd probably go to a meeting and they'd probably be talking about disaffiliating from NATO or something. And, you know, I, I remember that in a housing co-op meeting in North London years ago. And I thought, I don't want all that. But um, I just wonder if, if what Cass is going to do. And then I don't know if people saw that beer in stuff. Oh, yeah. And it, was, it was this horrible looking mango something or other. And there was a thing... It was on Twitter and it was like, you put it around the glass, like a tequila thing. There's going to be more novelty. There's going to be no, more novelty and more sweet shops. Mm. Yes. More um, novelty, but less people that care. Yeah, but saying <laughs> that, Matt, we're in a very small bubble. You know? I know, I'm, I'm pulling yeah, I mean, I'm I mean, parody I mean, of myself. I mean, you know, one of, the, one of the great disciplines of writing for the newspapers for me has always been, I have to think outside. The, everyone knows this you know when I write for the Daily Star I'm thinking they don't know what wild yeast is people that read it but you want to get them to, to make that connection so you make a connection with Stilton you say you know if you like Stilton if you like that sort of you know do you know what I mean and um, yeah. I noticed also I got some beers from London Fields um, as part of the Guild stuff they made a hard seltzer but what's happened to hard seltzer has it gone the way of brute IPA has it gone the way of glitter beer Hopefully. Not in the U.S. In, in the U.S., US it's, it's a juggernaut. It's a $2 billion category. So why is it not? I don't get it. No. I don't get the hard sales, I think. Because it's a, it's, it has, like Claire will agree with me, but someone who spent the time in the U.S., it's, it's a, it serves a market that just doesn't exist in the U.K. Yeah. It has, What's that like, market? What is that market? Gin and tonic in, in a can, I guess. Well, like, I, I think it's well, a palette. Because we also... We also forget that, you know, things like LaCroix, non-hard seltzer, soft seltzer have been popular in the U.S. for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. I think Amanda Mull is a really great writer uh, who writes for The Atlantic. And she wrote about how all these RTD cans are really serving a niche, especially among millennials and younger drinkers who just don't want to have to think too hard about what they drink. They're tired of, like, I don't know, the, the constant, like, uh, you know, questions of identity and how that's wrapped up in the consumer yeah. choices you make. Seltzer is easy. You open a can, you get drunk. It's fizzy water that gets you drunk that tastes maybe sort of like a fruit. You know, it's it's super low key. It's affordable. It's everywhere. Um, you can drink it in all kinds of contexts. It's just, it's such a universal thing there. Whereas what? I think we don't have that, that like, we haven't laid that groundwork here in the same way. Is it, is it because Britain's a beer nation is in the same way as Germany and, um, you know, Czechia and even Bel well, Belgium's, I always think, you know, it's different there. But is it, you know, I think about my son, 22, he, you know, they drink beer when they go out him and his mates. Well, when they go to each other's houses. And, um, but when they went out, it was like they'd switched on to spirits. You know, to what do you call it? Shots. That's it. You know, and when I was young, 
there was that thing. If you had eight pints and you still want to continue, I mean, you know, I'm talking about 19, 20, and I didn't do often because I was as sick as a dog the next day. Vodka. You know, you think, oh, I'll have a vodka tonic now then. And, um, yeah, and, and some chips. And, but it, I just, it's, I'm just intrigued because, I mean, what they called um, alcohol pops. I always thought hard seltzer was almost like this, this decade's alcohol pops. Yeah. It's not sweet though. And it has a, a strong wellness proposition. You know, it's Low often calorie. under a hundred calories. It's got only a couple grams of carbohydrates. Uh, yeah, it's not sweet. So for all the people, for instance, who are like Michelob ultra drinkers for whom the most important consideration is health, that kind of wellness halo seltzer slots so perfectly into that. Um, and now there's such a plurality in the category. There are seltzers that are organic. There are ones, you know, made from whole fruits. There's so many ways to kind of pitch that thing. But so much of it is catering to that kind of wellnessy, fitnessy crowd as well. You, so what, what's that, the kind of average um, ABV then of a, of a hard seltzer? Oh, like well, it's a little stronger in the U.S. I think it's, yeah, five-ish something. It's, it's, do you, do not, they reduced it for the UK market to 4.5. Yeah, 5. I remember that. Right. I think it's about five. This whole thing about calories and carbs and all that, you know, is very much to me. Well, I wrote a piece for the Telegraph a couple of months back about, you know, they were talking about putting calories on beer labels. And I, they just rang me up and said, would you like to, do you have an opinion on this? And I said, why is it in the Protestant Anglo-Saxon world, we we reduce food and drink to units, to calories, where in France, Italy, where they enjoy food, they just like, well, yeah, I just don't eat, I don't eat too, or drink too much. And, and so I just wonder if it's like a, you know, it's, it's a long shadow, but I just wonder if it goes back to our Puritan heritage. Well, that's all from the beer writers. And seriously, there was so much gold from that conversation. I could fill a whole episode maybe even two. Right, so finally, let's catch up with Alex Milhouse-Smith from Leeds Brewery North Brewing Co. We spoke back in mid-August, and at that point, they were planning a move to a bigger brewery site. However, Alex couldn't talk about it, as it was not yet announced to the wider beer world. Let's speak with Alex now, and see how that's been going. So I'm here with Alex from North Brew Co. Welcome, Alex. Hello. Thanks for coming back on and uh, letting us catch up with you on how things have been since we last spoke back in August. No problem at all. Thank you for having me. Not not a problem. Yeah, what's it been like since uh, since August then? What's what's the brewery been up to? Um, you know, a uh, <laughs> bit of everything. <laughs> um, just uh, you know, just adjusting, adapting, pretty much every day, week by week uh oh. lots of beer and um building building a new brewery yeah just the the, the small task of building a, a whole new site so yeah yeah it's uh, nothing really you know yeah, yeah exactly yeah, that was over a weekend yeah. wasn't it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um we, we've got a video in production and um it's been edited a certain way and it you know we we just we just bosh it out in three days um <laughs> so uh, the site's called springwell yes um, so explain to us where that is in relation to where you where you were brewing before. Um, so Springwell is located literally a mile uh, from where we are now. 
Um, it's sort of in between, if there's any anyone local to Leeds listening, uh, it's in between Sheepscar and Meanwood. Um, just off of Meanwood Road, turn right at the Primrose. Um, <laughs> so re- really not very far. Um, 10 minutes walk. Uh, yeah. Okay. And for those not in Leeds, what, what part of Leeds is that? Is it sort of south, it's, north? Um, I think it's it's technically Meanwood. Um, okay. So it's north. So north of Leeds. Yeah, I yeah. believe so. My, my geography might be... Uh, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not a problem um so uh it, is the site open yet no no unfortunately not um there was you know we absolutely wanted to um just before christmas um it was we were gearing up a couple of weeks before christmas uh we thought we were going to be able to do it um and then in the interest of safety um we decided not to um and you know okay. quite a blessing because i feel and <laughs> i feel we weren't quite ready yet it would have been a little bit premature um so i guess now we've got the opportunity to sort of um just polish it all up and make sure it absolutely is 100 percent spick and spam ready for uh, uh everyone arriving okay fantastic and then with return with regards to the the brewery site how much does that increase your brewing capacity doubles it um okay um so we've got 450 hectoliter tanks um as well as um all the tanks that we already have uh which is i think it comes up to um about 18 20 tanks uh that we're eventually going to be moving across over there okay um, we're starting that on thursday um as a bit of a sort of um covid precautions so we've 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 christened the brew kit we've uh we, we did our first brew before christmas um and we're just doing a few more uh just to sort of see how a sour works when we brew on it and uh, what a dark beer is like when we brew on it we started with just an initial brew of sputnik um and so it's all gone to plan uh so yeah it's sort of like a covid safety measure to sort of split the team up a little bit um so that we're a little bit more adaptable we're going to move some tanks over keep some tanks at the original site and um yeah have sort of two separate teams functioning so that should one in the in the unfortunate scenario uh one site become infected <laughs> um then right. the site yeah, can still function and we can maintain production okay but uh beyond covid is the the plan to keep some uh, equipment at the original site as a kind of extra experimental kit yeah yeah that's exactly it um we uh we sort of thought about getting rid of the original kit uh but we decided to keep it we're going to keep the original four tanks uh plus a couple of um big ones uh six thousand liter tanks and we're gonna give the whole place a bit of a spruce up because we've been there for quite a few years and uh we've sort of adjusted it and built around what we already have, not planning to sort of be a brewery that produces beer at this scale. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it need, need, needs a bit of a spruce. Uh, and then, yeah, um, hopefully get some barrels in there. Um, you know, okay. start, start our, barrel aging. Our, our barrel aging program. We do we do have some barrels at the minute. We, ha- we literally have two pin-sized 
um, Feaston's Old Peculiar Barrels, which are super small. You can hold them in your hands. <laughs> like, <Right. laughs> like that. Yeah, that, that's as far as our barrel aging goes at the minute. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully, yeah, some barrel-aged beers and some uh, wild fermentation, maybe. Mm. Uh, you know, serious territory that is, and uh, something we're definitely uh, not experienced in. So, yeah, we'll yeah. see when that comes out. And then, yeah, use the space as sort of a... Um, an event space where maybe we can um one idea is to bring in sort of a, a chef uh from anywhere really um who's leads uh, somewhere across the road maybe uh uh matt orlando from uh broaden and builds um who also is in charge of amass um and sort of do like a a live sort of cooking and beer tasting from the barrels and pairing, you know, sort of uh, mm. swanky events, you know, not just yeah. a takeover, those, those kind of uh, high profile um, sort of things. Just imagining the brewery candle that is, uh, is, is quite a, and, and a big long table. Absolutely. Uh, no, it sounds, sounds great. Um, yeah. I've, had a, I've had a few uh, events that, that I've um, attended that have been sort of in amongst all the brewery equipment of various places. Brussels Beer Project was one. Oh, wow. um, and it's brilliant. It's brilliant being in amongst it and tasting beer, um, especially beer that's produced right there in the in the you know the very brewery. So um, yeah. I'm sure that'll be a, a big hit in in the Leeds. Yeah, when when we can do it. When you can do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. Fingers crossed. That's not going to be too long. Um, yeah. I'm certainly looking forward to coming up to Leeds. I've got a lot of places to to get around and a lot of places to visit mm-hmm. uh, when we can. So. Uh, so fingers crossed it's not going to take too long. No, no. Um, so in terms of uh, the beers then, and I've seen quite a, a few very well-received beers uh, that you guys have been producing uh, recently. What's been your favourites? Um, Into the Merzbal, uh was a real, real nice beer uh, that mm. a lot of people were really happy with. Um, it was our first time using Talus. We kind of used it unbeknownst to us. Um, it was sold to us by our hot suppliers, HBC 692, I think it was. And, right. you know, yeah. and then uh, and then we saw lots of breweries using this Talos hop. And then turns out that that's what that hop was. And it's like, oh, one right. and the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the thing, isn't it? There's so many hops being produced at the moment, new varieties um, mm-hmm. and being named. Uh, yeah. It's quite a fast-moving thing. There's quite quite a lot of new hops about, which is yeah, great. It's exciting because it's kind of like a little bit of a knock-on effect and a bit of a chain reaction. You know, you've I get like hops are a raw ingredient that we use, and you know, there's all these hop producers. I guess sort of like doing a similar thing to us is sort of like working ways to produce these new products, mm. then going to be transferred into um into the beer so you know you got breweries releasing new beers all the time and like oh we're doing this you've also got hop uh growers being like oh we've done this new exciting thing and yeah and yeah it's a, it's a few similarities there so i mean how does it work in terms of when you get new hops I, I take it that the brewers when they're in receipt of these new hops they they've never experienced them before Mm-hmm. Do you get some kind of representation from the breeders where they kind of give you, yeah, they'll give you some kind of notes or... and a profile of sort of like what it, uh, what aromas it might produce and what flavors it might produce? Um, mm. 
you know, some of them can be pretty uh, far-fetched in a way. (laughs) (laughs) You know, know, reliably, the flavour profile will be ripe tropical fruit. (laughs) And so you can say, hey, (laughs) I think that might work in an IPA. But, you know, there are others that say, you know, it'll work nicely in in a dark beer, um, you know, as, uh, as like to give it a bit of a peppery or sort of more mm. um, savory aroma. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of like up to us to sort of smell it um, and look at those sort of tasting notes and just apply it into maybe some hops, hop combinations that we've been enjoying. Mm. Uh, but with Into the Merzbal with the Talus, we just went all Talus. Right. You know, it's a, it a brand new hop and we we're just we were like, how about we do a single hop and we just really get to know sort of what it packs and mm. um, it was delicious yeah. and we really liked it. Um, it yeah, was- exactly. That, that is definitely one that I've, uh, I've seen a lot of people. I didn't manage to to taste that, but I did see a lot of people um, ranking that very highly. So, yeah, well, good. we've we've uh, we've put it into <laughs> there you go, uh, shameless plug. Um, uh, this week's release that we brewed with track it's a Citroen Eldorado and Talus IPA with orange zest so Citroen Eldorado oh. without doubt we used that combination quite a lot in a lot uh, in our beers last year um, yeah. we really liked the results that it produced and then sort of combining that Talus that we really liked and then just giving it a bit more oomph of the sort of tropical flavours of the orange zest mm. uh, yeah and it'll be, it'll be interesting to see sort of where we where we put it next fantastic uh yeah the, the beer i was enjoying most from you guys last year was the um the peanut butter stout uh mystic voyage mystic voyage yes yeah, yeah. had uh, several of those i think i think i bought three or four um yeah they they were very very good I was drinking really. that last time we chatted yes i think so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i think because uh, <laughs> I, I think that might have been the first one i had possibly but uh, yeah, they were um, they were particularly particularly good beers. I don't I don't know if we discussed it last time, but what's your stance on a black IPA? Uh, I'm all for it. I know people are saying, well, the P in IPA stands for pale. Something can't be black and pale at the same time. Oh, um, and I've never heard that argument. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, and I, I get that, but I mean, for me, because I love dark beers, I love what a black what a black IPA brings to an IPA. It brings that kind of um roasty caramel maltiness to to an ipa um so yeah for for me it's a it's a style i approve of i know that it may be a bit of a marmite beer for others i'm on the love it side and i know there are many people that are are, are very much the opposite but um, yeah i do i do like a good black ipa I've spent five years trying to convince uh, Seb the head brewer to brew a black IPA, but he just won't listen to me. Really, really. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, I mean, do you know Andy from Elusive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he loves black IPAs. So, so if if you ever just get uh, Andy to do a, a collab with you, then okay. I'm sure that's what he'll suggest, and Seb may may have to give in. <laughs> I'm down with that. <laughs> I think there's a real skill if you can manage to make those like those dark roasty like profiles harmonize with a hoppy profile I think I think there's a real skill to that if you can do it well yes absolutely absolutely um oh well I look forward to North's first black IPA at some point in the yeah yeah maybe not too near future to by the sounds of it <laughs> well I don't know what kind of headspace Seb was in um when I spoke to him the other day 
Uh, but I was talking to him about collaborations. And I was saying we should just go for it in 2021 because, you know, we kind of yeah. held back because we couldn't sort of meet these people from other breweries in person. And, you know, a little bit of a spark is lost by doing it by email. But I think I think we just yeah. have to go for it. And he, he was kind of like, um, I'd love to, but I'm quite busy with the uh, with Springwell. And I was like, well, how about if just me and Sam, who's the production manager, um, what about if we just handle it? It was like, yeah, 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 go for it. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, get get it all in. I mean, you know, I've I have spoken to a few people that have uh, done some collaborations during the lockdown, and either they've they've done it as you say, kind of virtually, which you know, it's it's a collaboration of sorts, but it, it's not ideal. Um, Wildcard Brewery Jager Wise um, from Wildcard went up to Cloudwater. Yeah. Um, and they did one sort of socially distanced. They made sure that everything was safe and it was only Jager and I think one or two others of her team. And she said, it's a shame because ordinarily it would have been, you know, the whole gang going. Yes. So, um, I, yeah, I think a, a lot of breweries are very much looking forward to the, uh, the after times yeah, and yeah. after COVID um, and being able to just get back in the space with uh, with people and getting all hands on deck and and brewing a beer together yeah yeah so it's, uh, it's definitely a, a part of our lives that we're really missing mm, indeed yeah. so uh, aside from springwell um and uh obviously all the barrel aging um and uh, spontaneous fermentation projects and things like that anything else on the horizon for 2021 hopefully you know, we, we, we talked about last year doing a beer festival mm-hmm. um, and we set a date uh, for May and now we're rethinking that date. <laughs> um, right, yeah, it's it's a bit close for comfort, isn't it? It's, it's a date that could potentially be okay. Yeah. But the, it's, the fear is, is, uh, is to sort of like put in all the planning in and then, uh, and then it doesn't happen, especially sure. for, uh, for our very first beer festival. Yeah, and when we, you know, we've been to lots of beer festivals, but we've never organised one. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think I think we're gonna look at later on in the year, maybe September potentially. Okay, and what that- a beer festival at Springwell. At Springwell, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we've got we've had we've had a few people um, say yes so far. Um, UK breweries. Um, and we're basically sort of looking at it not being just like a not a soul beer festival, you know, getting some cocktails in there. Um, okay. There's a local uh, natural wine shop called Wayward Wines in Leeds, and hopefully we can get them involved and just kind of making a a, a, a consumption festival as, as yeah. such, like having lots of food there, live DJs uh-huh. and. Uh, wine cocktails, uh, Belgian beer bar, and then um, some breweries as well. Um, it's a shame because there's lots of breweries that we'd definitely like to be there, but I think we've got to not be uh, not not be like everyone can come. You know, we've got we've got to be a little bit uh, yeah. picky with uh, with our breweries. But hopefully, we're going to get some breweries over that we've collaborated with overseas that haven't necessarily had a. Uh, spotlight in in the uk um ritual lab in italy um really great um 
there's oddity over in spain um so hopefully yeah some of those we might be able to bring some new and interesting beers that people would be excited to try fantastic well that sounds great i look forward to that potentially in round about september and yeah. as, as you say you know it's i guess you can as it's your first one you can build on it in future years when uh when things are less restricted yeah yeah um, and you can sort of throw everything at the future years but maybe just get one under your belt this year Mm-hmm. Um, but it does sound good, as you say, a, a consumption festival, perhaps with with beer at the fore, but <laughs> uh, but but other options for for those that don't. I know personally, when I go to beer festivals, I tend to have to go with like minded friends. My wife doesn't really enjoy beer enough to be to be present at a festival of it. You know, to a tap room where she can sit down and drink something else, that's fair enough. But to to a whole festival, so having things there. For for partners or friends that don't drink beer would be ideal. Yeah, that's that's what we're going for as well. Sort of not having it as an all-inclusive ticket. You know, you can you pay for your drinks as you want them, and then so if you've got a group of friends that are super into beer and want to come down, great. And then if there's sort of other friends in that friendship circle who are just like, oh, I'm not really into beer, then they can come down and have some cocktails, or you yeah. know, someone doesn't want to drink however many beers they can literally just come down for a couple it's fine um, perfect inclusivity yeah um, or, exactly you know, a bit of everything for everyone indeed well alex it's been brilliant catching up with you yeah thank um, you. good luck with uh, with springwell and um moving in and everything hope it all goes well i'm sure it will yep um and look forward to uh getting up to leeds and and seeing the site for myself and having a few beers there be great Absolutely, yeah. It'd be great to see you. Fantastic. Well, thanks very much for spending the time to speak to me today. No worries. Take care. Cheers then. Bye-bye. So that's it for this episode. Thanks to all my guests for taking the time to speak with me. And I'm very much looking forward to sampling the beers coming out of all of those breweries this year. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on the platform you're listening on and follow me on Twitter and Instagram. My username on both of those is at Beer Prime UK. Join me in a couple of weeks for the next episode when I welcome another top name from the incredible world of craft beer. Goodbye and Happy New Year.